How do you feel when you walk into a police station? Now, when you're innocent, it isn't very hard, is it? When, when you have nothing to hide, you can be quite at ease when you walk into a police station. Those officers are there to, to protect and to serve. You can expect to be treated with kindness and respect. Your dealings with them will be pleasant. You have nothing to worry about. It's really nice to have a clear conscience if you have to go and visit a police station. But on the other hand, if you're guilty, how would it feel to walk into a police station? If you know you have committed a crime, if you know that you should be behind bars, if you know that there is reason for the law to have an issue with you, then walking into a police station is probably going to fill you with all kinds of other feelings, isn't it? Shame, guilt, fear, worry. And, and, and when you go walking in there, you're not going to be able to look anyone in the eye, are you? So if you can just hold on to that picture for a, a, a bit, then imagine what it will be like when Jesus comes again. Imagine the fear and discomfort that so many people will feel when they, when they meet Jesus in person and, and, and are filled with the sudden realization that they have wasted their lives thinking Jesus isn't important, uh, believing the lies of the world, uh, chasing after earthly, temporary things. It's going to be the worst day of their existence. But for those who have remained in Jesus, we will have nothing to worry about at all. We will be able to look him in the eye with confidence and joy. And, and we will have nothing to be ashamed about, nothing to hide. It will be the greatest day of our existence Verse 28 says, And now, dear children, continue in Him, so that when He appears, we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming. We entered this world as God's enemies. The Bible has all kinds of words to describe us the way we were. Dead. Blind. Foolish hostile, inclined toward evil. I mean, think of all those things you have done. Think of those bitter words you have spoken. Think of those thoughts that keep daily rising in your sinful nature. We have been some, some nasty, ornery people who have done anything but what God wants us to do. But God made us His children. You are all, you know, we heard in Galatians, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So through what Jesus did, God made us His children. In baptism, God adopted us into His family. Your baptismal certificate is your adoption papers into the family of God. We talk about love. Our text, verse 1, how great is the love of the Father 
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Friends, just take a moment to try to contemplate how great a love it would be that would lead God to take people as awful as we have been and adopt us into his family, knowing what we're like, adopting us into his family as his children. I mean, what kind of love is that? We know, you've read any of the Bible, we know God is looking for perfection. He's looking for perfection from us. He always has been. And we, have, we haven't been anywhere near perfect. Our lives have been a filthy mess. We, we have dirtied ourselves with every um, godless thought, word, and action you can possibly imagine. But, verse 3 points out that any of us who have our hope in Jesus are pure. Meaning, no dirt, no, no sin clinging to us. Pure. That's holy. Pure, just as Jesus is pure. God wants perfection from us. But we miss the mark. That's, that's what the word sin means. We miss the mark. We sin countless times a day. But, verse 5 says, you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. Take away the times we have missed the mark. And in him is no sin. Do you remember um, from Leviticus? Do you remember the scapegoat? That, that symbolically the priest would put the sins of the people on the scapegoat's head and that scapegoat, that goat, would symbolically carry away the sins of God's people year after year on the Day of Atonement? Well, Jesus came as the perfect one who had no sin in himself, who had no sin on him at all, and he, not just symbolically, but he actually took, he actually carried away all of the sins of all of God's people away for good, leaving us pure leaving us holy. Now, this kind of love from God makes no sense to the world. That, that, that we would be given such a wonderful gift, a free gift as this, when we haven't done anything to, to deserve it whatsoever. It makes no sense to the world, but that is just getting to the depth of God's love for us. He's always wanted us to be his people. He's always wanted us to, to live with him, to dwell with him, as we heard last week, to abide with him, to enjoy fellowship with him. But the devil came along and he tried messing all of that up. He tried driving a wedge in there so that we would be taken away from God. And so God comes up with this amazing plan and carries out this amazing plan for us, his children that he loves so much. And then in verse 8, you hear, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, right after comforting us with the message that we are children of God, John challenges us to act like children of God. Let me just try to lay out this whole text for you rather than walking through it verse by verse. You see, John's logical progression is circular. So, so as he writes, he keeps kind of coming back to the same idea, maybe adding a little bit to it, or maybe just expressing it in a new way. But 
That's how his, that's how his logic progresses. That's how he writes. It's kind of circular. So rather than just do it verse by verse and repeating, let's, I'm going to read the, the text for you now. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that He appeared so that He might take away our sins. And in Him is no sin. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known Him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as He is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Okay, so here is what this text is saying. Those people without God in their life are living in darkness. Okay? If, if they don't have God, they're living in darkness. They, uh, they're living in sin. Just like the devil who has been sinning from the beginning, they, they continue to sin and they continue to live in sin. They don't live in the righteousness of God at all. They, 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 don't, they don't live in, in God's holiness at all. They're living in sin. They are in the darkness. And what they have to look forward to is, is a nightmare. But God sent His Son Jesus into the world to destroy the devil's work. And, and those who believe in Jesus, those who, who put their hope in Jesus are children of God. See, Jesus was perfectly righteous, perfectly holy. And those who put their hope in Him, those children of God who put their hope in what He has done for us instead of what, what we do, um, are considered holy and righteous just like He is. In, in God's eyes, God sees... If, so if I put my hope in Jesus rather than you know, try to go at it on my own then God's going to see me under the umbrella of Jesus' righteousness. And in God's eyes, I'm going to look perfectly righteous like Jesus. So those living in Jesus are righteous and holy, even though they've made mistakes along the way. 
they have no desire to live in sin and unrighteousness anymore. They want now to live in the righteousness. They want to live like God lives. They want to look like God. So, they live new lives. They live lives of righteousness, uh, lives of love. They, They walk in the light. They have no desire to live like they did when they were dead and foolish and blind. So, what this is saying is, if you are living in sin and unrighteousness, meaning if this is the constant way that you're living, you, you, you're not a child of God. But if you're, you're living the kind of life that loves and thanks and honors Him, to thank Him for what He's done for you, you are a child of God. And it's saying that there is no middle class between uh, children of God and children of the devil. Either you are here or you are there. You can't say that you're here and live like you're over there. We've seen, we've seen that in our own lives, haven't we? We've seen that in other people's lives where uh, someone says, well, I'm here, I'm, this is what I am, but I'm going to live like I'm over here. And John's saying, it doesn't work. If you are over here, then live like you're over here. Otherwise, we're going to think that you're over there. Okay, there's no, well, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, trying to tip one way or the other, going to the, so I want to be over here, but sometimes, you know, on Tuesdays through Fridays, I'm over here, but on Sundays, I, you know, this is where I live. No, either you're here or you're there. You can't say you're here and live like you're over there. I mean, John just goes back and forth and back and forth on repeating that in slightly different ways for us. Either you're a child of God or you're not. I'm not saying, and, and we, we don't want to go too far, I'm not saying that children of God, as children of God, that we don't make mistakes as we live our lives in this world. Because you all know that perfectly well that we make mistakes every day. What I'm saying is that as children of God, we truly believe that Jesus has forgiven us for our mistakes. And so these new godly desires that God has put in our hearts now make us want to live the kind of lives that honor and thank Him for what He's done for us. And God is the one who gives us that power. We want to live lives of righteousness out of thanks for Him. Not to look good in front of others. Not to, you know, not to have some you know, kind of reputate, but because we love God and want to thank Him. So if you only say that you believe in God, but could care less about living a kind of life that would love and thank Him, you're not a child of God. If you live the kind of life that humbly realizes, yeah, I make mistakes, but I trust in Jesus. He was perfect for me. And so now, out of thanks, I'm going to walk in the light. And I'm going to imitate Him as I live my life. Because that's how I'm going to honor Him. You are a child of God. Are you the children of God that your father would have you be? Are you the children of God that your father would have you be? Um, a cartoon once showed a small child gazing up into the eyes of his father. And he asked, Dad, what is a Christian? And his father replied, Well, a Christian is someone who believes in Jesus, who loves and obeys God, who loves his friends and even loves his enemies. 
he prays often. He's kind, gentle, holy. And he's a whole lot more interested in eternal life in heaven than earthly riches. That son is a Christian. So the boy looked reflective for a moment. And then he asked, Have I ever seen one? Now, the dad gave a pretty good description of what a Christian is, right? It's a pretty good answer. But imagine his shock when his son asked if he had actually ever seen one. Would your children ask the same? Sometimes it's possible that that, that we sometimes talk a good talk, but walk a poor walk. Isn't it possible that, that we sometimes can say what a Christian is, maybe even claim to be one, but not really show what a Christian is? If someone came up to you and asked you to, um, to describe for them, to, to tell them, to define for them what a Christian is, would you have to tell them? Or could you show them? We need this text. We need this message here in 1 John as much today as as they did back then. We need this message today as much as ever. People claiming to be Christians are, they're moving in together without getting married and they're living as though nothing's wrong with that. Churches are allowing it to happen without saying anything about it. Congregations are pouring all of these resources into programs and activities, but letting the training of its elders suffer. Maybe, maybe it's even getting too easy to, to become a church member, take a few Bible classes, uh, go through your confirmation ceremony without any expectations for further spiritual growth. Too many people are getting offended by any attempts to steer them away from sinful behavior by misquoting famous Bible passages. Like, we'll let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Or, uh, judge not lest you be judged. It's not what those passages are talking about. As a child of God, I need to be corrected. And when I start wandering over into the path of darkness and living like a child of the devil, I need to be brought back. I need to repent because that's what a child of God does. But if I am going to stay here and then get defensive about it and continue to live like this when my brothers and sisters are trying to pull me back, then I'm living like a child of the devil and not a child of God. The devil and the world are trying to they're trying to lead us, uh, lead us to abandon our struggle against sin as, as, though, as though it doesn't even really matter. We know we have forgiveness in Jesus, right? We know that. Our motto here at Cross of Life is more joy than guilt. I think we know that and we have to know that. That's what we need to leave with today. That's what communion is going to remind us of. We know that our sins are forgiven in Jesus. 
But because we have the forgiveness of sins, and because we know we have the, the forgiveness of sins, what does it even matter how we live? If we know we have the forgiveness of sins, then what does it matter how we live, right? What does it matter if, what does it matter if I actually show up for church or not? What does it matter if I invite people to join me? I mean, who is ever going to hold me responsible for bringing another person, another family to Christ? Who is ever going to hold us responsible for that? I mean, what does it really matter if I am not responsible for carrying out my duty as a child of God? What does it really matter if, if, I, if, if I don't get involved in, in what we're doing here? If I don't help other people out in their lives? If I don't um, have concern that our mission goes forward as children of God? That, that I don't love my neighbor? That I don't help people that need? That I don't give spiritual encouragement to those around me? What does it matter? If, if, I, if my sins are forgiven, who is ever going to hold me responsible? So what does it actually matter how I raise my family? Whether or not my children come to know God. Uh, whether or not I do what Jesus would do. Whether or not my brother, whether or not I'm accountable to my brother or sister in Christ. What does it matter if I, if I give in to drunkenness or violence or greed or lust? What does it matter how I live if Jesus has taken my sins away? An unbeliever who sins is a creature sinning against his creator. Okay? An unbeliever who sins is a creature sinning against his creator. A believer who sins is a child sinning against his father. A believer who sins is a child sinning against his father. The unbeliever sins against law. The believer sins against love. A group of teenagers were enjoying a party when one of them suggested that they go to a, a certain hangout for a good time. I would rather that you took me home, one young lady said to her date. My parents do not approve of that place or that kind of activity. What, afraid your father might hurt you? One of the girls asked sarcastically. No, the girl replied. I'm not afraid that my father might hurt me. I'm afraid that I might hurt him. Friends, if we only understood what that girl understood. A true child of God a true child of God who has experienced the love of God has no desire to sin against that love. A true child who has experienced the love of God has no desire to sin against that love. Isn't it, isn't it crazy how children grow up? As a parent, as a being that God has blessed me to be able to be a parent is that has been just a blessing in my life. Just seeing that happen, how children grow up, and and to see your children grow up and, and the children in our community over the years. But just think about what they're like as as a baby. And there's there's a few of them around, right? 
Babies, you need to feed them, diaper them, um, make sure they get to sleep, right? You've you got to try to figure out what they want because they can't talk. So, you know, there's something about a baby, right? They're complete, they depend on you for everything. And then, you know, they, they, as they grow up a little bit, they, they get into all kinds of danger. They do all kinds of dangerous stuff because they don't know better, right? They'll, they climb up the back side of stair railings to the top of the stairs or they climb up on top of your refrigerator to, to find snacks up there. Or um, they, they sneak out of their crib in the middle of the night um, to pile all the books off the shelf and read them with a flashlight. Um, you can insert your own stories here. They, they, they try their hand at art, finding, uh, using what they find in their diaper as media, and the wall as their canvas. Okay, insert your own. Not, not, that wasn't my kids. I know some kids who did that, not mine. But we have all kinds of stories, right? They, they, they play with toys. They act foolish, right? Kids are kids. But then, all of a sudden, they're taller than you, shaving, driving a car. They're, giving, they're showing you homework that you can't help them out with. Bottom line is, they grow up. They mature. They, they gain in wisdom and stature and abilities. Okay? They grow from children to adults. And so it is with the Christian. We are children of God. God made us His children when He brought us to faith in Jesus as our Savior. We are brought into the light. Okay? So, now, we might not look a lot like Jesus right away. You, you, you kind of see, when you have a baby, you say, yeah, I see a little dad in there, I see a little mom. Um, but there's still a ways to go before they look like mom and dad. So we might not look like Jesus a lot right away. And we don't act exactly the way Jesus acts. The moment we are brought to faith, we have some growing up to do, don't we? We have some maturing to do as children of God. We're going to grow. We're going to mature. We're going we're to get stronger. So here's the message that John is sharing with us. It's time for us to keep growing. <clears throat> it's time for us to keep maturing. You, it's just not cool if... Uh, if, if an adult is, is climbing up on top of the refrigerator to get snacks. It's not cool if an adult is painting on the walls with unmentionable stuff. All right? We, 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 we see that. It's cute. We laugh as children. But if you're still doing that as an adult, there's, you're missing something with the maturing process that should have happened in your life. So as a Christian, if, if I stay the same way that I was the moment I was brought to faith, and don't mature and don't grow in the word and don't change the way I live, something's missing from my maturing process, isn't it? So the message here is we need to keep growing. We need to keep growing to keep walking like to keep living as children of God. And just and I'm gonna go back here one more time. I'm gonna be circular here and make sure we hit this so that we don't go out here with the wrong idea. We are not righteous before God because of how we live. We're not trying to grow and live a better life to make us righteous before God. He made us righteous. It's all a gift. He is the one who made us righteous. God is the one who out of his amazing love that he lavished on us, made us his children. So, as his children, verse 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So babies don't start out living and acting just as maturely as their parents do. They, they, 
It takes them some time to grow and, and mature into it. It takes time for them to watch and observe and imitate, which is exactly what they do. And over time, they do grow up, they do mature, and they do imitate those traits that they should. So friends, let's, let's watch and observe and imitate our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus. We want to be like Him. We want to be like Dad. We want to look like Him. And here's the thing. You already do look perfect to Him. You already look perfectly righteous to Him in His eyes. Okay? So now, let's live like it. We, we, we look like we are His children that he has made perfect. Let's live like that. It, it doesn't make sense to live like we used to be. It doesn't make sense to live like those who are not in this family. It makes sense to live like the children that God has made us. So um, it takes time to mature. We, we need to keep maturing. And we're going to need the Holy Spirit's help. We can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit's help. But friends, let's live like who we are children of God. Amen. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.